Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 315th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio-based legends over at Audio-Technica. Go upgrade your audio game today over at audiotechnica.com. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bits. And joining me today, my podcast writer, die the hokey pokey to my milkshake. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart, Miss Allie Hart. How the bloody hell are you? Doing good. Happy February already. Um, God. <laughs> it felt like a long January, but we're now in February. So it's scary. It's, it's scary. genuinely scary. Yeah, especially when you start filling up your calendar with stuff already and then you're just like, you're going by the weeks and then next thing you know, it's the next month. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the middle of the year we don't seem to track too much. It's the start and the end where we kind of get into a bit of disbelief of how how time functions. Yeah, it's um, it's scary. Like, yeah, it's the 4th of February as we're recording right now. But looking ahead, my February is right off in some good and bad ways. But it's sort of depressing when you look ahead at a calendar and know that whole months are just sort of scrubbed with various commitments. Yeah. And you go, oh, well, that's that part of the year gone. Moving on to the next quarter or something. It's uh, It's good and bad. Yeah, it's like it's good to do stuff. But then it's also daunting to be like, wow, my life is going to be chock-a-block for <laughs> a whole month right now. So, yeah. Yeah. That's all I yeah. <laughs> yeah first first world problems definitely like uh oh what well, well was us to be busy and have commitments and things but at the same time you know you've got to kind of keep those uh social batteries appropriately charged to handle all these True. things but uh other things we've been handling this past week is some games and what we've been up to and i see uh you've been working your way through a fantastic game that we gushed about last week we're talking about hi-fi rush by tango gameworks yes what's the latest on that one uh i rolled credits on it i was absolutely obsessed Hell with this game yeah. i adored it and every every segment just got better and better and i honestly i was so concerned that it was going to feel a bit repetitive but the game managed to just keep like the hits coming and changing up the play style and the attacks and such so um yeah it was it was great and i just kept on playing and playing and then i kind of realized i was branching up to the uh end of the game and i'm like oh my goodness like it's already over which is pretty like i think the game they say it's roughly between six six to eight hours i think i clocked in at 12 but i'm one of those annoying people that have to explore every nook and cranny and the problem is is this game rewards that um so it even makes me do it more so i think i finished this game up on like 12 hours i think um but uh I, I'm honestly thinking about jumping back and seeing to look at more collectibles because there is okay. some endgame content, some things that kind of open up. So, uh, yeah, I can't say enough great things about this game. I think it's going to be probably a contender for me as a game of the year for this year already. So I'm I'm not surprised by that statement because, yeah, the second it was announced, a lot of the uh, the internet just immediately thought this is an alley game straight off oh, the yeah. bat. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like 
the internet was correct in oh, this com- regard where it is very much an early game. Completely valid, yeah. And as I'm happy to report back that, yeah, everyone hit the nail on the head and even the studio, unbeknownst to them, did extremely well on making an alley-ass game. Even the music selection in the game has been great. I love how different some of the tracks are that they bring in from... Uh, uh, real world art, like artists because they have in-game music that they produce that is still pretty damn good but then they have tracks from other artists out there and there's one scene where they bring in Prodigy and it is mm. brilliant I actually want to go back and play that fight again because I just loved everything about it so um, yeah so that's Hi-Fi Rush 10 out of 10 game for me um, like I said possible game of the year contender for me already um and i yeah i'm probably gonna just jump back into it i loved it that much and the internet and the world loved it too like everyone is still gushing about this game and a lot of people are talking about it in a very positive and glowing fashion i'm i'm only still like i haven't touched it since we talked about it last week i've been working my way through another game this week as well but um yeah it's it's phenomenal it's great it's Potentially, like, I know we're only in February, like, we're just talking about, you know, we're at the early part of the year, but for a little stealth drop like this to come out of nowhere and get the reception it has and just play the way it does is very exciting for the year ahead. Like, we've got one of the best games of the year dropping, you know, at the tail end of January with with no no, hype. no media beat up, no yeah. hype, just boom, here it is, and the world went, thank you, Tango, thank you, Xbox, this is awesome. And uh, yeah, it's reviewing great, plays great, looks great, sounds great, checks every box. Yeah. And it is just so unique in all the right ways. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I think it's it's really kind of uh, brought attention to how games can be marketed, released, and still uh, still succeed. I would actually like to like know more about this release and know more about the decisions behind the scenes because um, normally it's a horror game kind of franchise and then to take this absolute like turn and do this bright beautiful colorful game with that has like beat mechanics and it's just it's just brilliant that they took this chance and it just absolutely paid off for them so um, yeah looking forward to more I want to I really want to see more of this. Yeah, it, it really it really feels great. It reminds me like similar similar story, you know, you think of like guerrilla games that were just kill zone, kill zone, kill zone, and then they take a chance with something like Horizon and now I've got Tango doing the same where we had Ghostwire Tokyo, we had the Evil Within one and two, some of their most recent games where it was a very similar formula they were following and then they just completely flipped the script and too much critical acclaim. So I love it and I'm looking forward to working my way through this game a little bit more in the coming weeks, but um, something that I wasn't, I guess, particularly excited about for a good long while is the game that I'm going to be talking about, just because the writing and the trailers and the announcements and the more we saw of this game, I think the less I personally was hyped for it, and what I'm talking about is Luminous Productions for Spoken, obviously Mm -hmm. I've been playing it on the PlayStation 5 with thanks to uh, Bandai Namco slash Square Enix for slinging me a key for that one. And, you know, anyone that's been on the internet the last week or so would probably see a lot more negative compared to positive in regards to Forspoken. Some of it, I feel, is justified. The writing can be a little Mm ho-hum, to to say the least. Uh, Tonally, 
there is some moments where I did chuckle and were was engrossed in this massive, expansive narrative because there is a lot of storytelling here on on display in Forspoken, and the characters are, are pretty pretty great. But there's just so much exposition in this game, which kind of irks me. Where you, you think of something like an Elden Ring, where the storytelling it's very subdued and you explore the world and you un, unearth things and and it sort of unfolds in front of your eyes. Where in this game, where you're playing Frey, who is this this runaway orphan from New York City that gets transported into this fantasy world, etc., etc., uh, she's she's roaming around this world with her companion named Cuff. Uh, you know, this sentient magical Cuff on her wrist, and Cuff just says and explains everything for you in this world all the time. There's no like, oh, I'm going into this new zone and you open it up and you're like, whoa, you have this moment personally. It's just Cuff's like, go here to do this. This is why and this is what you're going to get. Like, it's very much like connect the dots for the entire story, which is kind of okay if you don't want to pay full attention because you're just getting it spoon fed to you. But when you want to have a world that you explore and you sort of unpack at your pace and you get these these big moments you don't really get them because they're sort of spoiled for you because it's just like here grab my hand i'm going to drag you everywhere i'm going to tell you everything as i'm dragging you there and you're just like hmm this is fine there's a big story here because you are running around this uh this fantasy world named atheists you know it's it's the isekai trope if anyone from anime world is, is looking for how you compare this this game it's mm-hmm normal person transported into a fantasy world there's magic and abilities and etc etc and the overall story is fine Frey as a character she's okay she can be a little bit annoying she can be a bit snippy a bit annoying a bit sassy but like I think it's just the writing like they had a pretty pretty large writing team Amy Henning's part of it Gary Witter was part of the the initial sort of decisions with framing out this world but from what I understand, they weren't involved in the finer details of the scripting. So they helped put this world together for Forspoken and then you know, went off and did their own things. Then whoever came in to, to handle the, the writing and, and the actual scripting and dialogue was someone altogether all different. So the writing sort of clashes in, in that way where yeah. there's this big grand fantasy world, but then some of the, the interactions that happen, and there are many, there is so many cutscenes. there is so many fixed interactions that you can't escape from and they're very pretty and you can learn some cool things but it's all static camera you can't move around the scene as you're interacting like you think of like a god of war where for the most part you can be moving in and around and living through these scenes where this is not you're fixed you're just watching you're hearing this play out then you can go like sit down pay attention we'll give you this story this exposition away you go but like apart from that from the gameplay loop the the parkour and the movement Super, super slick. It is really, really fun to be flinging around here using your various abilities. The combat feels pretty fun and unique in a lot of ways. Fighting some of the enemies in this very large world, like the the world of Aether itself is massive. Like there's a ton to explore. And like you said, where you like getting off the beaten track and uncovering things, there's a lot of things that you can go check in various parts of this world and, and find certain items and, and a little bit of uh, other storytelling that hasn't been force-fed to you in that regard. But I enjoy it. I enjoy the um, the game overall. Like, the, the reviews have been very lukewarm, you could say. Metacritic, it's 66 out of 100. And that feels pretty pretty fair. You know, 6.5 to 7, which isn't bad. Like, 
You know, I love that there's just this black mark on a six and a half to seven yeah. these days in things. Like, if a lot of us at school got a 65 or a 70 out of 100 on a test, a lot of us would be like, pretty happy. Christ. Yeah. yeah, we'd be happy. But nowadays, unless it's a nine or a 10, everyone's like, this is shit. You're the worst. So, this game, because it's been so pumped up in the media, like, it's been on everybody's radars since it was announced because there's trailers, there's dev diaries, there's this, that, the other, every other week leading up to the release. I think it sort of crumbled under the weight of its own hype where because we saw so much of it, we had such a high expectation the game come out and it was fine, but it feels less fine because the media, I think, were expecting greatness. I mean, even into the lead up of this game, we started seeing um, like advertising material and little hype trailers that were starting to get released and there was that infamous one that showed dialogue from the game that got made fun of like badly um so even at that point they might have had like some kind of idea that they were possibly going to lose marks if that was the overall tone that they were setting for the game and it seems like it was like i haven't played it i've only witnessed the clips online that people have cared to share so I don't think I can make a, a solid opinion on a game based on just the clips that people are willing to share obviously for the for the shock value but I mean this this game it looked beautiful it looked like it was going to be a like interesting concept it looked like it had a story to tell but through the demos that I watched um, for me, the game was just too hectic. Um, it had a horrible looking uh, interface for the user. I don't know how anyone figured out what they meant that they were meant to be doing, especially in the demo. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was just really nothing um, overall appealing about the game that made it stand out and a must play for me. So, um, but it's, I guess it just seems like most outlets had the same kind of idea on like how they felt the game played was executed and kind of led to that score yeah i think the score is justified i think the biggest thing with it is just the clash in tone like yeah like frey she she's a bit foul mouth she she curses and she's like i said she's a bit sassy and and uh you know she she's got some some very strong opinions on things but hearing that contrast to to the people in this this land of aethia where most of them are, you know, well-spoken British diplomats, you could almost say, you know, it's very highbrow. And then you get the lowbrow fray and it sort of clashes in a way. And and obviously it's showing that, yes, she's she's from New York. She's an orphan, you know, she's lived a a rough life up until this day and current day. Now we're shifted, you know, centuries back into fantasy land and everything else. So you do see that contrast, but the dialogue that comes out of that sometimes is pretty cringe. Even during the, like, there's some serious moments in the game where, you, like, the stakes are getting raised or there's high drama and they still weave in, like, unnecessary jokes or tone. You're just like, oh, this sort of doesn't land the way it's meant to. Like, it's, oh, like, I'm not going to say damn. it's woke, but, like, it's trying to be very, like, internet elite speak and stuff. and just A like, little you know edgy. What? Yeah, edgy is probably a better word to throw in there. But, um, yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. Like, the combat's great. I like the magic-based abilities that Frey has at her disposal, whether it be elemental attacks, you know, defense, and the synergies you get from your sentient cuff friend uh, doing doing their thing as well. So the combat feels great. Uh, but, yeah, the world at times does feel a little bit hollow. Like, it's so big, and it's vibrant in a lot of ways, but then in other parts it just felt a little lacking to me. 
the, the range of monsters you fight, there's some good diversity in the, the enemies and the creatures and things that you're tackling on your way to try and, uh, you know, bring Aethia back to a, a good stance as you take down these um, these evil matriarchs known as the Tanta. So they're, they're people that have brought this apocalypse together called the Break, and that's corrupted the four regions of Aethia. And what you're doing, obviously, is going to try and fight these four people, these four Tantans, and uh, bring peace back to Aethia. And that's, that's sort of the the scope of the game to then get Frey back to New York to keep living her best life in, uh, you know, modern day NYC. But overall, I think it's fine. The, the movement's pretty fluid. The parkour weaving in with the magic and the, the scalability when you are moving is super fun. So you can sort of move around and evade and, and it looks really stylized. Like it's super slick, runs at a juicy frame rate and the graphics look cool. Enemies are okay. The characters for the most part, yeah, all right. But the, the dialogue and just that the tone is the biggest thing that's that's jarring. The soundtrack is great. Bear McCreary and Gary Scheiman put the score together for this and it just bangs in certain parts. There is some great transitions from high points to low points. But the game's the game's alright. It's it's definitely probably a seven or a seventy out of a hundred if we're going Metacritic rules. For me, I think it's it's enjoyable. Is it the best? No way. But like I don't regret my time playing it. Oh, okay. I've had fun playing it. Right. I've had fun playing it at times. There is times where I'm rolling my eyes and it's like, you know, the way that it's these interactions are playing out in the game, certainly I don't think they're intentional there to make you have an eye roll, but there's times I'm just like, well, who thought this was going to be a good thing to put into this conversation here? Like, yeah. But yeah, the combat's great. The world's fun. There's a lot of potential with the story and the characters there, but there is some pacing issues and the game did feel a little hollow and incomplete in patches. But overall... Forspoken, it's enjoyable, it's fine, but in stark contrast to high, like Hi-Fi that we were just talking about, which is like top to bottom polish, really fun, really complete, this game just has a few little voids that I don't know if it was because they ran out of time or just committed to a date or if you know they just missed this and it was an oversight when they were building this game out. But yeah, 66 out of 100 on Metacritic based off the critic scores. I'm at about a 70 personally. It's fine. Forspoken. Not the best game I've played by any stretch, but it's also not the worst game I've played by any stretch. So if you, if you love Iskai or you love just high fantasy and magic and a bit of sassiness to your uh, protagonist, maybe give it a look. But if not, don't. <laughs> just just don't. I think, I think the bottom line, and I think it's a very important detail, especially when it comes to reviewing and such and other people getting opinions, is that w- what you said, which is... I had fun with my time with it. Yes, there were flaws. Yes, there were issues, but I had fun with my time. And I think that's a very important um, bit of information there because we had the same experience with uh, Cyberpunk. We Mm -hmm. acknowledged that Cyberpunk definitely was broken. There were bugs and there were issues within the game that we both experienced. And yet for us, we still really enjoyed the game. Um, so I, I definitely think that's always like a very important factor to throw in there, especially when with reviewing, because sometimes it's just all the negatives and nothing kind of behind the weight. So it's good to know that like, at least you had like fun with the game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks. Like I've worked through Dead Space, which is fantastic. Been working through Hi-Fi, which is fantastic. Brilliant, yeah. And then Forspoken, which is fine. But like overall, I've been having good times across all three of these very unique games. 
And like, if you want to sort of compare it to, you know, when you go watch a, a dumb movie at this, like a popcorn movie at the cinemas, where it's like, you know, the movie's not that great, but I'm having a good time regardless. There is some good moments. That's what Forspoken is. It's it's a good popcorn film game. Yeah. That's if that's a, a phrase I can sense. coin right now. That makes sense. All right. Uh, quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. Starting from the low, low price of $1 per month, you can get exclusive access to podcast content and giveaways there. Check out all our content over at videogamesandculture.com. That is the place for all things 8-bit. You want to get some merch? Shop 8bit.net. Get us on your person today. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, socks, jocks, you name it. It is all there at shop8bit.net. Be sure to join our Discord with the direct link in the show notes for this podcast there to jump in, involve in some banter, and also be able to put your next predicted score in for our pizza prediction for February, which will be announced in the coming days as well to win some pie on us. But Miss Hart, let's jump into this. This week's news headlines. Presented by Audio-Technica. All right, a couple of quick hitters. Very very dire news. A lot of other games getting shut down, which seems to be the theme of 2023 already. Live service games, <laughs> dead. So uh, a mass amount of game shutdowns. Crossfire X is the latest live service game to announce shutdowns this past week, as well as Rumbleverse and Knockout City. We also got Crime Site and Apex Legends Mobile, which are all confirmed now to be going offline throughout 2023. So we've had... Yeah, a half a dozen games or so already for January be marked for death. Those live servers are going to be put to sleep. Some of them a little bit more heartbreaking than others. I have not played a lick of Crossfire X. Obviously, that game was announced with much hype at E3 or Xbox Bethesda Showcase a couple of years ago. I don't know anyone in our system that's played it. No, um, no Rumbleverse and Knockout City. I played Rumbleverse for a hot minute with Benny. It wasn't for me. It's a shame because I love wrestling. I love Battle Royales and it weaves those things together greatly, but the game just felt mid to me. Never played a second of Knockout City. Didn't play Crime Site. And Apex Legends Mobile apparently plays great, but didn't play a minute of that either. I I remember seeing Rumbleverse and Knockout City. Um, These two games are bright, colorful universes with a very simple comp, like, kind of game idea uh well knockout city is essentially like it was like dodgeball right it was like two teams against each other and you just like that was my idea of what it was but then that was the concept yeah. yeah and then you had rumbleverse which was like a battle royale wrestling move kind of game um i yeah like every time i kind of watch these kind of games come up i'm like oh these are definitely not for me and Personally, I didn't see the longevity in these titles. I didn't know how these games were going to keep it fresh and relevant and maintaining a user base. And although at times of release, I think of both titles, we did see um, a strong player base upon release, but it definitely, definitely dwindled very quickly soon after, Um, which I think we are seeing still with like a lot of games where – you get that initial hype and push where maybe people are just excited for a new title to be kind of thrown in the mix, especially in a multiplayer space. But then as fast as it comes, it just like absolutely crashes and loses a player base. And they're heavily dependent, obviously, in in-game purchases as well to keep and maintaining um, maintaining the online 
online base and keep it relevant on, on the servers and then keep it fresh and then to develop new stages, characters, in-game merch or skins or whatever it is that these titles need. So, yeah, I, th- I, I, I I'm not surprised, um, especially like I think we're going to probably see more and more as um, probably game developers and studios are going to start seeing just not how sustainable these titles are. Yeah, like obviously we've had a, a, a raft of, of firings already in 2023 and then you see this ripple effect now where some of these studios that were host, uh, hosting these uh, live games off the back of the staff getting cut, those games cannot be supported because the staff no longer exists there, hence the games getting getting switched off too. And it's crazy that Rumbleverse and Knockout City, they both only released last year. Yeah. So like they're not that old. Truth be told, I don't even know what Crime Site is. I've never even heard of it until the the news piece here. So I don't really know where that weaves into the broader ecosystem. But that also goes to show that that market is very heavily saturated, right? And like you said, uh, you, you get that initial influx of people wanting to jump on and be early adopters and, ex- and, and try and appreciate this new IP. But then the new shiny thing comes out. So they jump off, jump onto that thing, jump onto the next, so on and so forth. Because you always want to try and find that new new you want to get that hotness and be in there where they're sort of fun and the people are at so it's just a very very transactional based world that games of service or that live game piece is where apart from like a destiny not many of these other games have got a player base that just do not move they once they're in they're in and they're committed where a rumble verse i jumped on had a taste didn't like what I was tasting, I'm out. So I'm moving on to the next thing. Like you don't get people to go, you know what? Rumbleverse is my identity. I'm sticking by it forever. Mm. We're going to be here till till the day it dies. And sadly, that day is announced from this week. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So it seems like Crime Site was kind of different in the sense that it was a online crime solving game okay. uh, done by Konami. Uh, but it seems like that one's just had the um, plug pulled on it and it was also initially released uh april last year so so that's three of that listing all dropped in 2022 all marked for death a year later so it seems like maybe studios are just not holding on any longer or um, risking the chance of seeing if these games could ever get an uptick um and just cutting them early and avoiding the losses perhaps but yeah yeah it's sad and, and we hope everyone that is involved in the development of those games and, and maintaining those servers and systems are either still just getting shifted to other projects amongst those same developers or are able to sort of find some work because that is the, the rough part about this. There is a lot of people in the background supporting these titles and now knowing that the, the lights are going to get turned off on a lot of these titles would be scary and worrisome. So hopefully that all works out well. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's a very volatile space of the game world, live live games, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, we've got five or so of them all marked for uh, permanent uh, sleep mode going active in the next uh, next couple of weeks or months, which mm-hmm. is sad. Uh, something else, it's not as dramatic as these, these permanent shutdowns, but Naughty Dog has announced this past week that the PC version of The Last of Us Part 1 will be having a slight delay. Only a couple of weeks though, so it was originally going to be dropping on March the 3rd but has now been shifted to March the 28th. And they just said, we want to make sure that The Last of Us Part 1 PC debut is the best, is in the best shape possible. These additional few weeks will allow us to ensure this version of The Last of Us lives up to your and our standards. So, you know what, Naughty Dog? You do what you got to do. Delays to make things better is never a bad thing. 
and it's only 25 days later. So you wait in three and a half weeks and then you'll get The Last of Us in all its PC glory yeah. uh, soon to follow. I mean, it's it makes sense that they want to obviously try and get this one out as soon as possible. I know I've seen an uptick of people on my timeline, uh, social media timeline, saying that they've loaded up The Last of Us again uh, due to obviously the success of this the series running at the moment. So... Um, I know that I said that if it would get, you know, dulled up and put on PC, that there would be a chance that I would possibly revisit it. But um, it looks like that's delayed, so maybe <laughs> I don't have to worry about it so much. You got to wait a little while longer, and I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of mod videos doing the rounds already, where they've chucked Pedro Pascal and Be- Bella Ramsey in Ooh. as Joel and Ellie, so you can already play them in an unofficial capacity with uh, various mod packs out there. So if you want to sort of go beat for beat with what's going on in the show and the game, you can do so with the same characters there. But uh, yeah, and they've got to wait 25 days. Yeah, It'll be that's fine. not bad. Something else as far as uh, less fine news, uh, developer Turtle Rock has confirmed it won't be releasing any more new content for its co-op zombie shooter Back for Blood as the studio officially shifts its focus to its next project. Back for Blood launched in October of 2021 and has received a total of three paid expansions since then. The most recent of these, River of Blood, launched in December and it is now confirmed to be the last content released for the game. Turtle Rock shared the news on its website explaining work on its next title is now underway and that the studio doesn't have enough folks to continue working on Back for Blood at the same time. Given this, it's time for us to put our heads down, get back in the lab, and get to work on the next big thing. So Back for Blood is fun to play. Uh, I like that you're weaving in, obviously, the the zombie slaughter mechanics with a bit of deck building to give a bit of variety and unpredictability to your playthroughs. The characters were fun and larger than life. Some of the creatures you fight are pretty goddamn terrifying, and rolling out with a squad of one, two, or three other friends is super fun. But yeah, sadly, the game... It's not getting any more new content. It is going to be supported now and into the future. They haven't sort of said servers are getting shut down. Mm. So you still be able to play this uh, indefinitely, in air quotes, but you're just not getting any more new content coming your way. I think that's a pretty decent way to kind of go about this uh, this thing. As we were previously talking about, uh, studios having sustainability to keep the game fresh. So at least uh, Turtle Rock is kind of outright saying here, like, we will not be making any new content for the game. We won't be putting our resources towards that. We're going to go work on the next thing, which I just think is a smart decision in the business. Like you can't, I don't think you can make those type of games stay relevant, stay fresh and sustainable for a long time. It's, you know, it's fun. It's you know, crazy zombie horde mode. But then if they've, if they've already got another game in the, in the pipeline, then they should just go for it and, get working on that so that it can get released and we can enjoy that one too yeah i think it's going to be another another four player based squad shooter because that is sort of total rocks mo Mm -hmm. which is fine but where are they going to whisk us to next obviously we had uh the big sort of 4v1 monster hunter star remember where you could play as the monster or the four hunters trying to take down the various creature based archetypes and now we've got uh we've got uh, back for blood with the zombie tropes I don't think they're going to be leaning into vampires because Red, Redfall's got that lockdown True, for, yes. for May. So where are they going next? Well, we'll find out soon enough. We will indeed. And um, something we also found out soon enough, even though we sort of talked at length the last couple of weeks in regards to the day before, 
Uh, we actually got that extended look. I'm still uncertain about this, but we've got some words here from IGN. And uh, yeah, Open World Survival Game, the day before, gave us a 10-minute gameplay footage trailer this past week. The first new look at the game in well over a year as developer Fantastic finds itself embroiled in a trademark dispute. The new look shows off some exploring, weapon modding, scavenging, and shooting down infected enemies. The day before was originally scheduled to be released in June of 2022, but obviously was delayed until March the 1st, and is now scheduled to drop on November 10th, 2023. While the first delay was due to the game's switch to Unreal Engine 5, it was further pushed back as the developer allegedly failed to trademark its name. However, Fantastic told IGN last month the delay was planned before the trademark dispute actually came to light. Miss Hart, we got a 10-minute slice. It didn't really show us a whole much. I'm still skeptical that this game exists. I still feel that they're taking the piss. Yeah, like this... It's... Based on the the video of video that they provided, we we did at least see some gameplay or what we were anticipating to be gameplay. But it's also, and I don't think I am in my right to kind of say this sort of stuff. But to me, it kind of looked very simplified. It looked um, not at it, what would be considered maybe it's hundred percent. I still get the division vibes, but now I'm getting like PUBG vibes as well, as they kind of mm. went into the inventory interface, as well as customizing weapons, which kind of comes and goes with different games. I like Call of Duty starting to in, um, incorporate that as well. Um, but overall, I'm still not being sold on anything on why this game is worth the play like why i should get into it and now that it has a delay until november at least they have the time maybe to explain that a little bit more uh, but i guess they really felt like they had to show something because there's people out there that think this game doesn't exist at all yeah i'm kind of one of them <laughs> i'm uh i got my tinfoil hat on i think this is all uh all a big all a big scam mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is still the second most wishlisted game on Steam. So everyone is is thirsting for the day before. But like you said, for them to obviously pull back a, a week or so ago saying, yep, the game's not coming out in March. Silly us, we forgot to trademark the game we've been working on for several years. <laughs> and then there was nothing announced. They didn't sort of say the, the, the trailer's still coming, we'll still show you the game, it was just crickets. And then the night before it got announced, it just sort of was was littered out on the internet. They're like, oh, they're going to be showing something tomorrow. And then they did. And what they showed was just, it was really underwhelming. Like like you said, it was just, it was fine. The UI was, mm, it's all right. The world itself, there's a lot of like just walking around and running around and a whole lot of nothing. Like, mm. you know, it's a big large vivid world that they're trying to build out in this game but it felt very empty and obviously this is some like you know early access alpha footage that they're sort of throwing around no doubt but for that to be your first gameplay footage uh since all this controversy and that's what you showed it just felt very uh very underwhelming to me yeah and fake i still don't (laughs) think this is a game it was all it was a fake trailer um Yeah. yeah Like I'm, I, I'm not gonna like absolutely poo-poo on it because it's like there's stuff there, there's groundwork there. I'm assuming we probably saw something more of like, uh, do you, do you think it's like this what the state of the game is right now, and that is why they need time, like, or that this is like older, 
older content that they grabbed and they just threw it together just to give us something. I don't know. It felt, yeah, it felt a little desperate to me. Like they're like, oh no, we've we've lost a lot of the the faith of the gaming community because now people are thinking this game doesn't exist. What uh, what B roll have we got there that we can just throw out there to to keep us relevant for now? And in doing that though. A lot of people, I think, are left a little bit more wanting with it. Like, you know, at least you showed us something, but what you showed us wasn't that great. Wasn't if this is a yeah. game that was meant to be out in a month, this is what we'd be getting? Because they didn't say that they've, they've delayed it due to needing to build the game out and improve it. They had to delay it due to the trademark dispute. Well, yeah. So if this is the alleged finished product, you're like, ooh, yeah, this game, this game ain't going to last too long. Yeah. It doesn't even exist. <laughs> Or maybe it does. I don't know. I, I would laugh if the game just doesn't release. Like, we've had that before where games just never released in the end after mm. a lot of, like, speculation or uh, issues and such. So, who knows? Maybe it will just mysteri- mysteriously get cancelled. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm sceptical. Fantastic. You haven't won me over yet. I don't have any faith that this game is a real thing. Let's see what happens closer to November the 10th. But uh, for now, I just feel this is all heap of hooey. Mm. Hopefully 2023 isn't the year of cancellations, but it's it's already been a rough start. Exactly. And the last piece of news we're going to be ending on is a bit of a bit of a rough ending yes. to our news content. This this episode's just been all about cancellations and closures and stuff. What it's, could uh, have been? Morbid stuff here, but uh, I've just titled this one EA Swings Bloodhounds Axe. Electronic Arts is currently in the midst of a slew of cancellations and closures, the latest being a previously unknown project named TFL or Titanfall Legends, a secret single-player game set in the Titanfall and Apex Legends universe. The news was first reported by Bloomberg. This was going to be an indirect follow-up because the, the Titanfall's last solo outing was in 2016. It initially sold poorly, but subsequently gained a following thanks to its superb single-player shooter campaign. Titanfall 2 is so so good it is so special and more people need to play that but jumping back into this news piece following on reliable leaker jeff grubb has shared additional details saying the project was a titanfall feeling single player campaign that would have been included in apex legends rather than being a standalone title saying he'd heard from sources that the cancelled project was part of a broader push to expand the scope of apex legends and he goes on to say, in two weeks from now, Apex Legends is going to get Team Deathmatch. And that was always part of a plan to turn Apex Legends into this platform where you could get all kinds of different shooter experiences from an expanded Apex Legends slash Titanfall world. He added that Titanfall Legends, one of the code names given to the cancel project, was always supposed to slot in as part of that and would be a single player cam- campaign inside of this platform. In the same way Call of Duty works where you get Modern Warfare 2, and Warzone is right there as well. According to Grubb, Titanfall Legends would have seen Apex Legends character Rampart uncovering the chassis of Titanfall 2's BT, leading to players in the role of Blisk exploring the game's world with an upgradable BT. Although the campaign reportedly featured familiar Titanfall staples like wall running, Apex Legends would have had a heavy presence with various legends popping up to give players additional powers along the way. The thinking there was that more people have played Apex Legends that have ever heard of Titanfall, Grubb explained. So they were really going to lean into that. 
Titanfall Legends was not Titanfall 3 because in a lot of people's minds, I think Titanfall 3 was going to be a new standalone game with a single player campaign and a multiplayer. They could just never do that again after Apex Legends changed the calculus on all of those things, end quote. So EA, canceling games left, right and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanfall Legends or T- TFL looks like we are never going to see this, but the concept and the premise sounds really cool. And I like what they're trying to do there with Apex Legends being this this gaming hub for a whole heap of shooter-based experiences. I hope they continue to to explore that and lean into that and, and build out this broader Titanfall and Apex universe because there is some great characters, some great moments, and I think some great content there that could be farmed out to make some really cool experiences. Yeah, Apex Legends has definitely uh, developed the Titanfall universe and introduced us to all these other wonderful characters and other bits of lore within that universe. And uh, the stories that they release usually with each announcement of a new character have been pretty brilliant and have always kind of made me curious more and more and more about this universe. So that they were kind of building everything out, much like that we see with Overwatch, where they develop these characters and backstories and this connecting universe. You kind of always want more and you kind of – it's sometimes it's great to kind of see it more uh, laid out, like in one like linear line, so you can experience it all together. Um, mm-hmm. I think the about the only good thing that I because I would have I would love more Titanfall content, um, but the positive that I'm taking away from this is that they've said that this wouldn't have been the title Titanfall three, which is I think what a lot of us Titanfall fans want. I hope we get it. I really, I really do. Hope we get it. I miss like I miss PvP Titanfall. Um, just the experience of calling down your giant mech and crushing people and then playing these wonderfully created stage sets where it had to be it, it had to take into consideration obviously human-sized characters playing in a PvP space, but then also these giant mechs walking around this space and gliding through this space and attacking. It was such a fun experience and it was a little bit anxiety-inducing at times too. But um, if if this cancellation puts more time for them maybe to focus on just doing a strict Titanfall 3, then that's the positive I'll take away from it. However, I am still sad that we're not seeing this kind of LinkedIn universe of Titanfall and Apex kind of working together for a campaign because it would have been brilliant. It would have been it would have been really great to see. Yeah, and and just that mentioning in there where you were saying the the game itself you'd be you'd be playing through this single player experience and and meeting people from the Apex universe along the way and they'd give you certain abilities or or certain items or skill sets. So it'd be kind of cool to bump into various characters and then they give you the abilities used to using in the apex legends battle royale game to sort of uh, weave into the single player experience but sadly it looks like we'll never experience that we'll just have to to live on in the memories and some of the the leaked art that's sort of been kicking around but yeah i'm holding out hope that we get a titanfall 3 and i hope that off the success of apex you know respawn have gotten some extra clout amongst ea where they're like you know what you can you can do more, you can do whatever you like off the back of, of Apex and, and Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Yeah, Maybe it sort of says, you've done these games for us, what would you like to make next? And hopefully they say we'd love to do a Titanfall. Titanfall 3, yeah, we can only hope. God damn, we can only hope because it's so good. Anyone that hasn't played Titanfall 2, I know we sort of 
periodically harp on how great Titanfall 2 is or how great Titanfall is in general, in general do yeah. yourselves a favor and go play those games because it is so special and yeah such fond memories playing the the shared multiplayer experience with with friends where you're rolling around and yet when you, when you don't have don't have your titan and you're just a little little grunt soldier running around and running between the legs of giant mechs and then going in and out of buildings and fighting other enemies it was it's such cool varied gameplay and playing that in a live multiplayer experience is some of my uh favorite multiplayer based memories also the um melee attack of being able to sneak behind someone and just absolutely snapping their neck i know now that i'm saying this it sounds a little bit sadistic but like i thought it was great it was always like really cool getting behind someone and getting the one up on them so it was very morbid especially if you like had the cloaking ability and you sort of stealthy way in mm-hmm. and, then and yeah you watch their head just literally rotate 180 degrees around and say hi yeah yeah, it was super, super visceral, but really fun and super fast paced. So Titanfall 3, please, please, please come to consoles and PC in the future. But if you don't want to wait and wait and wait until Titanfall 3 makes its way into your hands, don't worry, because we got you all covered. New releases and events. All right, we're talking about releases dropping between February 6th through to February 12th. As far as new podcasts outside of the Hungry Games episode 315 that you're listening to right now, we've got a new episode of More Than Hentai where myself and Mr. David Shack are tackling Psychopaths, one of the best science fiction anime of all time, in my humble opinion. If you wanted to check out some new stuff making its way to the small screen and the streamers, don't worry because there is a smattering of things, just like Dr. Pimple Popper season four. That show, I'm always morbidly curious about it, but then I'm also very repulsed every time I watch a scene in it because it is so... I didn't know they made a show. I knew it was like a YouTube channel. I didn't know someone actually funded that. Yeah, we're up to season four, Miss Hart. You got some catching up to do. (laughs) No. It's so freaking gross. But anyone that likes all those weird wounds and medical-based procedures and just wants to feel uncomfortable, Dr. Pimple Popper got you covered. Uh, another one that's coming out this week harley quinn a very problematic valentine's day special is coming out and obviously we're talking about the harley quinn animated universe uh that uh kaylee kuoko is fantastically portraying Mm -hmm. as uh miss harleen quinzel there also got you is back for season four so season four part one drops this week this show i don't know where they're going to take it in season four because the stakes just keep getting raised higher and higher and Joe just keeps doing all kinds of things that just make me feel uncomfortable, but he's back for another go around. So let's see what he gets up to in season four of you with part one dropping this week. And the 26th season wow. of South Park starts this week. 26 seasons of South Park. Incredible. Like thinking back, like the fact that like, I like remember when South Park started, like I remember the like start of South Park and just seeing it continuously release and release and still have relevancy and still kind of not missing beats and social cues of a comedy. It's it's pretty spectacular. And like their dads, the, the these you know, fart, poop and all those jokes, like they're their dads. And they're still in there writing this stuff, doing the voice work, incorporating their kids now into the show. And it's, I just think it's so brilliant that like something that you know mama heart would tell me like can't watch it's disgusting tv it's immature and it's outlasted so much so 
brilliant. Yeah, it's it's impressive what old uh, Trey Parker and Mac, Mac Stone have managed to do with this franchise, and it's still relevant. See, they got that absurdly expensive deal through uh, Comedy Central that tied into dedicated uh, TV series for the next, I think it was a five-year deal for that. There was movies, so. there was games, there was all kinds of things. They, these two are just rolling around in more money than they already had. But uh, yeah, it's crazy that that crassness is still relevant and still funny today, but they do they do tackle a lot of uh, current-day topics and trends and do it really, really well. Like yeah. The writing team behind it are fantastic because it is super funny, even though it is super rude it still manages to nail it tonally from at least my perspective. No, I agree. As far as if you want to get to the cinema, get yourself some popcorn, maybe a choc top, you can check out The Whale as well as Magic Mike's Last Dance. I can't believe there's another Magic Mike film. I can't believe it either. And I can't believe like like people are genuinely excited to see it. I'm curious because Salma Hayek's in this one. And anytime she makes an appearance, I'm like, hmm. I'll watch something with you in it because you are a ageless, timeless beauty and I still just cannot stop thinking about you in From Dusk Till Dawn. That's the first thing I always think about. Second is Dogma. Yes, yes. Both fantastic, fantastic films. Both very different films. Very different but, uh, films. Very also much worth your time. Also kind of similar in ways. But... Yeah, similar. There's, there's some, there's some beats there. And as far as games coming out this week, uh, only two that are dropping between that sort of... Uh, Feb 6th through to 12th sort of window. Uh, We've got Endling Extinction is Forever dropping on mobile. And then we've got Hogwarts Legacy coming out this week, uh, dropping around the world on February 10th. So we'll see how that gets uh, received and reviewed and covered from all the outlets and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But uh, yeah, good good, uh, variety there. Uh, Check out that Psychopass podcast there. Be sure to uh, rate, review, subscribe that, as well as all the other podcasts amongst the 8-bit family, Hungry Gamers, Spoiler cast, Comedy Rewind, all those great shows. 8Crit, chuck some reviews on there because we'll have some new content dropping on there very soon. So yeah, be sure to rate and subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular. Those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Miss Hart, I think it's time for us to uh, shut the studio down for another week. Anything else you want to shout out or mention before we get on out of here? No, I'm just going to keep on uh, praising uh, uh, Hi-Fi Rush and... uh definitely play it's on game pass so what's to lose what have you got to lose listeners hi-fi rush one of the early contenders for game of the year especially when it comes to miss ali hart's list but uh yeah it brings us to the end of thg 315 thanks as always for stopping on by but until next time Apid nation much love and stay hungry You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.